Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Hour number three of our program. Thank you for joining us. I'm Bill Shanks. It's five o'clock. If you're working today, hope you're getting off work and going home. By the way, I've been watching while I've been on the show here, or it's been on. I haven't been watching it. I mean, I've been viewing it. I haven't been watching the show. The MLB Network documentary on Dennis Eckersley. Do you know that on or in 1985, I believe, 85 or 86, and I have the AJC to prove this, the Atlanta Braves talked to the Chicago Cubs about a trade when Dennis Eckersley was still a starting pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. Dennis Eckersley to the Braves for Rafael Ramirez, who believe I, I, I think I saw today turned 66 years old today. And by the way, Rafael, I saw him two years ago or a year and a half ago. Looks like he's 26. He hadn't aged a bit. Ridiculous. But can you imagine that trade? Of course, no no guarantee that the Braves would have turned Eckersley into a reliever. But I have the Atlanta Journal-Constitution where the rumor said the Braves were talking to the Cubs about Dennis Eckersley for Rafael Ramirez. Eckersley went on to become a Hall of Famer. And Rafi, while we love him, did not. Ken and Macon starts off the five o'clock hour. Good afternoon, Killer. How you doing? Uh, since since I know I know what I heard about uh, Coach Nick Saban, but he seems like you've been the perfect candidate to be like the czar of NIL and and be able to get this thing straight and instead of it being almost like a cotton picking semi pro team a pro team for semi pro team for the NFL. He needs to be like a czar and get this man straight. I believe that'd be the one to get it straight, Bill. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see if he wants to do that, Ken. I, I, I agree with you. I think I, I would love to have the opportunity to sit down and ask Nick Saban, now that his coaching career is over, all right, what do you think should happen? How should this be done? And and I, I, I hope someone with the NCAA asks that question. I, I think it may be too late for them. But I tell you what, if if Tommy Tuberville, the senator from Alabama, former head coach at Auburn, and and people in Congress feel like that they are going to have to step in and do this, he's the first son of a gun that I call, I can tell you that. And I think he would be an asset to try to tell whomever it is that could try to fix this or regulate this or do something to make this better to have his opinion first and foremost. Is that the reason that a lot of people, a lot of players said, well, after a certain amount of years, they can go up to the pros. They go on be like the pros or maybe go get out of high school and go to the pros like, like LeBron James or some other ones that went went to the pros after either high school or whatever. That they just wanted to be able to get that money and be in the league anyway. That's why they play in a little bit in the college football so they can be seen, so they can be drafted. Or uh, you know, go on to the pros. That's what the idea is. Well, anyway. now now they can be seen, and before they go on to the pros, make some money. So now they don't have to to worry about being poor for two, three years before they go to the NBA or NFL. 
you know, obviously NBA can be one and done still. So as long as that's in place, you can go get some money at college. I mean, if you're a high school prospect and you're really good, you're going to get money the minute you step out of high school. And then if you're good enough to be a one and done to go to the NBA, obviously you're going to become a millionaire after, after one year of college. But so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, um, it's crazy. It's crazy. And someone needs to step up who has some power. Uh, Bill and Ken can sit here and talk about it on the radio show all day long. And we've talked about it, you and I and others and Brent Beard. I mean, we had a 30-minute conversation with Brent an hour ago about it. We can sit and talk about all these things all day long until we're blue in the face. Someone's got to have the power to be able to, to make a difference here whether it's Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, or the new commissioner of the Big Ten, or or I don't know if the NCAA president can make a difference, but maybe he's trying to be more proactive. But I think the only type of proaction that can happen now with the NCAA is reaction because, again, the train's left the station. It's already happened. It's just crazy the way everything is. In, it is. In college football – and people think they can get paid, and they are just an amateur. They ain't no pro. Yeah, but they're they're getting paid, and they're getting paid a lot of money. And the the uh, we have I don't think we have any concept killer of how competitive it is, and how these players can use different offers they have from the different schools as leverage, and you know. Um, that 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 in itself is kind of nuts, isn't it? You were the journalist and everything, and as you became almost like an intern, close to it, uh, you should be have got paid some money too, and that's kind of unfair for regular regular people going to college. Well, it is, but I mean, it's always been unfair because college athletes have always been got, getting some advantages over regular students. No question about that. I mean, whether it's under the table or above the table, you know, if you're just a journalism student at UGA, you don't have the same access to different things that an athlete does. And, of course, that's put in place so that they can attract those athletes to come there. Um, the days of simply attracting athletes because they, they have the right college education that they want to be able to get once they go through for three or four years, is those days are over. Yeah, but I don't think it's fair to regular students. Not to me. Well, it's it's not necessarily fair to regular students, but regular students aren't bringing in millions of dollars to the university either, right? I mean, they're they're they, these these kids are are performing a duty that allows the university to make money off them, and therefore that's why some of the money is filtering back to them now, which I think is fair because and you know. Ken, we can always go back to the A.J. Green story. Remember when A.J. Green, like in 08, 09, was suspended for, like, getting 125 bucks or something like that for a signed jersey from someone? Remember that? He was, what, six games suspension, I believe? And that was crazy. He, was, he, wasn't, he, he wasn't trying to become a millionaire. If he needed 125 bucks, or if he was getting 125 bucks for that jersey or jerseys that he was signing, he must have needed that money. And that was a shame, and then he turned around and got suspended for half a year. You had never heard the commercial about about when they come on TV when you about <clears throat> you you're a student you're not necessarily athlete but you're a student and everything and you you get your degree. 
and you and you doing your part, they ought they ought to be able to pay you some extra money since you since you're gonna make money anyway pretty soon. Yeah, well that's what they're doing. They're 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 filtering that money back down to those students for sure. All right, Killer, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Let's go to the other Ken. Ken and Cumming wants to join the show. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Hey, Bill Shanks. Good to talk to you, sir. Yes, I'm, sir. I'm okay. Always a yeah. pleasure to have you on the program. Well, man, that might be the nicest reception I've received. In, in spite of your advancing age. <laughs> you didn't let me finish that second part of the comment there. But I did that just to get your reaction. <laughs> you know, Bill, c- considering the team that I root for, I have fond memories of Dennis Eckersley, but that's a topic for another oh, day. <laughs> you love that. Come they were on. just showing it. I remember where I was. I was I was at my, oh my grandmother's God. house on a Saturday night when I saw that in 1989, and I even she was like, oh, my God, did he just do that? 88, not 89. 88, 88 I'm sorry. That's right. No, October okay, of 88. I was in my just fraternity graduated. house, and I was the only one in my fraternity house, as I'm sure you can imagine, because I was the only, you know, watch fan in my fraternity. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I was hated for that, let alone. Yeah, they should have uh, kicked you out of the damn fraternity, to be honest with you. They tried close a couple of times. David mm-hmm. Johnson can tell you more about that. Mm-hmm. But, I um, believe that. Yeah. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> Listen, um, I think this wide receiver position – that oh, and by the way, Justice Terry just tore it up yesterday at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Bill, he looks like an outside linebacker. He's literally lost like twenty pounds, and the man is is. I've read articles that they say he might end up being the number one player in the country, at the end when it's all said and done. He is a beast. Well, some of those videos Flat I was out. seeing, and some of those players were ridiculous. I mean, my gosh, I mean, he is. Oh Lord, I hope I hope we keep that guy. He yeah. is going to be phenomenal. You know what? He's going to be the next Trayvon Walker slash Jordan Davis combo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I truly believe that. I think he's the next big playmaker on the D line, and you got to have him to win a national championship. I mean, that there's no doubt. Oh, yeah. Anyhow, um, well, especially after these th- a couple of guys that are veterans that have been there since Coach Donovan was coached leave after this season. They've been there for a while, haven't they? Golly. I mean, like six years, seven years. It's crazy. I swear to God. I mean, Rick might have been recruiting Nazir Stackhouse for some of these guys. It was ridiculous. A lot of great wide receivers in the state of Georgia in 25 and 26. And I I believe this is a really crucial hire. We missed out on on Mike Matthews, who I really wanted. I mean. Clemson, right? He went to Clemson. Tennessee. At Tennessee, that's right. He, and he was a Parkview kid. Yeah, that just hurts me yeah. to say that. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, um, if you're going to get a guy like Juju Lewis, you've got to go get wide receivers this year. Well, 25. Um, I sent you a couple of names. I, I looked them up. I, I don't particularly think I want to bring a man from, from Tech into Athens, period. I don't care, no matter where, what he can do or – Kirby, on the other hand, doesn't care what I think. Um, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, I, I don't know these names. I saw the names. You, you, uh, there was yeah. some talk out there about Josh Crawford from Georgia Tech and right. then Jimmy Smith from Arkansas. They both have uh, a background in high school football in the state mm-hmm. of Georgia. I, I mean, look, I, I don't 
I, I don't know if, if Kirby can ever be really predicted as far as what he's going to do when it comes to a coach. Um, like I said earlier, they've got to have recruiting background. I mean, it's it's like hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, they got to be in. Are these two guys looked at as elite recruiters right now at See, Tech and Arkansas? Bill, that's the one thing. I mean, a lot of their, you know, experience is mainly high school. I just don't see right. Kirby going and bringing in a high school coach to this either. program. Do you? I mean, no. I mean, you, you've got to have, you know, what's, uh, you, you know, you've, you've got to pay your dues in the college ranks. And, but you know what? I mean, there's been crazier things have happened. If you can recruit, maybe we, we, we sacrifice a little coach. I don't know. I mean. I, I just I, I feel like it's a very pivotal time because you've got to get the wide receivers. I'm not saying that we're, we're bad. Don't get me wrong. I think we have a phenomenal wide receiver group right now. But I also see that group, Rah Rah Thomas and a couple of these other guys going after next year, and oh, it might be a really thin turnover. position. Yeah, there's going to be significant turnover of the wide receiver position in, right. after 2024. There's no question about that. I mean, Thomas, love it. I mean, uh, right, Humphreys is really a one-year right. deal. Uh, young too, the kid from Miami's a, a one-year yep. deal. I don't know about the Michael Jackson kid from USC. I would assume he he, he is. He's a sophomore. Oh, he's a sophomore. Okay, so yes, he's he's. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be several. They're going to be leaving, and 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 also, I think you want to make sure that, uh, regardless of who takes over at quarterback in 2025, there there is just an ample amount of of receivers. Now, of course, there's two ways to to handle that now, Ken, and and the. Part of that could be the transfer portal, but I'm with you as far as, you know, wh- where's the elite wide receiver yep. that has really escaped this team as of late, mm-hmm. and and that mm-hmm. that's a shame because we've still gotten uh, a three star prospect in Lad McConkey turn around to be a, either a late first and early second round pick, so you don't have to have that, but I think you would like that. I think I think everybody would like to have had that Mike Matthews type mm-hmm. uh, that that would have been like, wow, that's a big damn receiver prospect, you know, literally and figuratively, and and they haven't. So uh, I'm sure that's going to be part of the their situation. I mean, Brian was a very good recruiter. There's no question about that. I don't think he needs to be criticized for not bringing that type of player in. Um, and I know, didn't Terrence Edwards have a little bit of a snide comment today about Kirby and wide receiver recruiting? Did I say yeah, that correctly? He, yeah, you did. And I, I, I... What was that all about? I don't know. Um, I mean, they played together. Yeah. Um, I, I actually thought Terrence Edwards might have been a potential candidate, but I Not he's now. never coached college. Never yeah. coached college. But and, he's been a like a wide receiver whisperer, right? Yeah, he had an academy here in Atlanta. He was an assistant. Uh, he was a wide receiver coach at Milton High School and recently mm. became the head coach at one of the really, really nice single-A private schools called Mountain Vernon. Okay. Um, they're they're a very very good team. They're a lot like a couple of those teams you have down there in Macon. Really really solid. But uh, yeah, I saw that too, and kind of raised an eyebrow on that. I'm like, man, yeah. you could have been a candidate, but well, I don't think he's not now. after that comment because that was a very snide comment uh, against yeah. Kirby Smart with the with regard to his recruiting uh, of wide receivers the last few years. But you know. Um, Mm. I'll be interested to see what he does. I mean, I'm sure there are candidates out there we have no clue about, and and uh, that you know, I'm, Kirby's the type that's going to have a list in that door in case something happens. And I'm sure he opened that door pretty quickly over the weekend when he knew this was going to happen. And and uh, I don't know how unexpected this was or surprising. I think it was surprising to us because we hadn't heard anything about it. 
They're like, wow, that's Brian McClendon. It's not just uh, another coach on the staff that's one of our guys that that uh, is is leaving. But again, you you know, you can never know what a guy wants to do to scratch that NFL itch, and so you wish him well and go find someone else. And, and look, Kirby's been so good at replacing coaches. You got to kind of step back and say, okay, I'll trust Kirby to do the job to get the right guy in here, don't you? Well, I, I agree 100%, but you know, Bill, I, I, you know this better than I do, and I'm sure you could tell better stories, but they clashed a lot when he was at Alabama. Yes, yes. And, and, and that, this doesn't surprise me. A lot of your listeners may or may not know, McClendon was very hesitant to come back from what I've been told by a couple of people, not that yeah. I know anything, um, but uh, he and Kirby ran into each other on their recruiting trail, and Kirby took a lot of players from Brian McClendon. And, yeah. you know, I, and honestly, it doesn't surprise me a bit. Uh, you know, well, and was I'm he there for three year, two years or three years? How many years was Brian three, there? I think it was three. Yes, sir. I think it was okay. three. And, you know, I think he – well, no, he didn't get Fred Gibson. But I was going to circle oh, back no. and mention that name. You know, we did get that one big five-star recruit, and it didn't seem like he played more than a year and a half. I got Fred Gibson. What, I'm sorry, not Fred Gibson. I meant George Pickens. Oh, Lord, okay. You did get Fred. You did yeah, get I mean, Fred you know, Gibson. Me there and my no boys doubt. at Waycross took care of that crap. You don't have to worry about that. You know. <laughs> have a great day, Bill. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, Ken. Thank you very much. Yeah, who did get George Pickens? That's a that's a good question. I'm not sure who who the coach was that really because Pickens was a Pickens is probably I have to go back and look the last big time Pickens was a tremendous prospect out of high school. It's a good question. We'll check on that. All right, we got two on hold. We're going to take a break now. Um, two lines open four seven eight six four six three seven seven six. Don't forget, I'm doing Jeff's show tomorrow from noon until one. I'll be at Tommy's Bakery and Cafe. Not eating the Shanks donut. It'll be very difficult to, but I'm going to try to have willpower. And Tommy's not going to help because he says he's going to make two and sit right there for me when I'm walking in the door, which is not very nice of him. But Lord knows he's got the donuts. Unbelievable donuts. 478-646-ESPN. We'd love to hear from you. Love to talk sports with you. Back with more sports talk right after this. Till tomorrow, we we'll get to it right now. 5:23, our time. Two lines open. 478646 ESPN. Kelly and oh no, I'm sorry, J Rad and Macon. Hello. Hey Bill, um, what was the guy Ken from Cumming knows that stuff much better than me. What was the guy he was saying was going to be the next Trayvon uh, Walker? I forgot the name. Oh crap! You had to ask that question. Ken, text me. Text me. I mean, I. I know when I see the name, I just don't have the name in front of me. I'm not sure. I'll, he'll he'll text it to me here in a minute. Yeah, I can't keep up with that stuff. I can't remember lunch, man. Um, <laughs> did, you get, did you hear you what know, I called uh, you when I first introduced you? Did you get that? What's that? I, I said by mistake, Kelly and Macon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Inside joke. Sorry, folks. I've been going to uh, – Went to a couple of Mercer basketball games and people around Middle Georgia. Y'all need to go check that out. It's really a lot of fun. But but they're not I, winning. I know, I know. I don't understand basketball, Bill. The reason I called was, um, let's say the a player's dribbling with the ball down the court, right? Defensive player stands in front of that player, 
the defensive player gets run over, and the player that got run over gets a penalty. I can't. I mean, I don't understand that. Explain that to me. Oh, I, look. I watch the NBA, and then if you watch college, it can be totally different. Rules are different. I'm not good on NBA rules. I watch it. I enjoy it. They walk all the damn time. They were walking all night last night on that stupid all-star game. But I don't get a lot of things in, in basketball right now. I don't. I uh, I mean, and, and I, I'm sorry to be ignorant on, on some of the rules when it comes to fouls and offensive fouls and having your body set and doing this, that, and the other. I mean, uh, you'd be better off Googling some of that stuff, to be honest with you, J-Rad. But, I mean, I know that, you know, in the NBA, not one player in the history of the league has ever made a foul. Did you know that? Right. They, I mean, they always think they never have made a foul and that they make them all the time. So, um, you know, I, and I don't know what the answer is. Well, you got to allow these players to have some better defense. And, you know, there's been some talk about, I mean, because the Hawks have been in, in games over the last couple of weeks where these point totals are just ridiculous. And, I mean, they're scoring 140 points in regulation, which makes no sense whatsoever. You know, you're, you're talking about 35 points a quarter on average, and it's just out of control. And it's like, well, some fans like that. Well, I don't think it's any good. I don't think just a pissing match is good. I think I want some defense. I want some defensive plays. I want some things that can stop offenses from just going crazy. Will the NBA stop that? I don't know. I don't know, but I know one thing. That thing last night was embarrassing, and they're going to do something to change that because that was awful. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that that many points, I mean, zero defense at all. The only um... – I know football and hockey, and other than that, I don't know the rules of stuff. And well, you I know baseball because you you you're the one that predicted that Drew Waters and Christian Pache would be in the Braves outfield right now. <laughs> Pache and Waters and Putnevich. <laughs> don't forget Putnevich. Putnevich. Hey, and we need to mention too the the tweet you sent me about uh, Albert Breer, an NFL reporter, national NFL reporter tweeting out over the weekend that the Bears received multiple trade inquiries for quarterback Justin Fields at the Senior Bowl. And uh, you, you sent me the tweet from one of the from one of the uh, Falcons fan sites that uh, obviously you're wondering if the Falcons could be outbid if they decide to pursue Fields this offseason. You know, I think part of this, J-Rad, is that Falcons pick that they will get from Jacksonville. It's a third rounder if the Jaguars do not re-sign Ridley, but if they do, which it doesn't sound like they're going to, it would be a second-round pick, like number 48, which, I mean, I, I would think the Jaguars would pass on Ridley just for that. To, to lose that would be pretty significant, but even a third-round pick would not be bad. But what, what's your limit of how much you would, you, would, you would really give up for Justin Fields? I don't know. You kind of got me convinced about Baker and um... – you know, we we don't know if Tampa's going to let him go, but I think I would take Baker over Justin Fields. Hmm. Well, I I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of in that I don't know range, which I know is not smart for a sports talk show host. I should have an opinion, but I mean, there's just I don't know if there's a right answer. Uh, there's I don't think it's an easy answer. I'll tell you that. 
And because I don't want to overpay for Justin Fields, and I don't want to get into a bidding war for him for sure. No, absolutely not. And if they have a chance to get Dallas Turner, they need to they need to take that pick. I think. Yeah. No, they can't trade a first. They can't trade number eight for. If they trade number eight for Justin Fields, I think I and others are going to have a cow. Oh, absolutely. That'd be awful. Yeah. You're right. All right, Jay Rand. Good stuff. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, take care. Let's go to Wade in Jacksonville. Do you agree? Is that is that too much for Justin Fields? A, a two and a four would do it. You think a two and a four? God, that's still that's a lot, though, Wade. You know, I mean, he's he's still unpro- – he got better last year, but he's still unproven as far as being in a, a, a real deal big I'll shot quarterback. I'll question. Thanks for taking my call first. And, sure. uh, how about Mason Rudolph? What do you think about him? I think he's a backup. Okay. Well, I'd be a good backup then. Uh, yeah, but over the weekend, Zach Robinson said that he, he wanted to work with Desmond Ritter. So that was kind of interesting right there. It makes you wonder. Of course, it, we don't know what Raheem Morris thinks about Desmond Ritter, but it's kind of interesting to see what Zach Robinson said there about him. Well, you think maybe Smith was the problem with him then? I don't think Smith helped him. No, because he didn't I, have a quarterback. No, he didn't have a quarterback coach. And, I mean, now T.J. Yates is the quarterback coach instead of the wide receivers coach. Why they had a quarterback as a wide receivers coach is beyond me. Um, so, I, you know, with a real deal offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach like Zach Robinson, can he make a difference in? I mean, it's easy for Zach Robinson to be a quarterback coach and Matthew Stafford be the quarter, quarterback of your team. Hell, he's going to Canton. But can yeah. Zach Robinson make chicken salad out of chicken poop with Desmond Ritter? That's the question, right? Yeah, well, what do you think? They're gonna, I think they should draft – I think they draft uh, either uh, the uh, what, Michigan quarterback or they're going to second round and get another one. Second round pick, get someone else. Well, again, I, I, I hate to be on the fence about all these things. I don't know the answer to this. I you know, it's like, okay, Baker, Kirk Cousins in free agency, trade for Justin Fields, wait on a on a pick. I mean, you know, if here's the thing. If you – what are you going to do? Let's say you sign Baker Mayfield, just for the heck of it now, or trade for Justin Fields, either either one, in March. And then you're sitting there at eight, and Jaden Daniels falls to you at eight. What are you going to do? I would drive him myself. I would too. But, I mean, it – I, I would, too. I, I agree. I would draft him, too, because you never have enough options. But, you know, that that's that's what they got to figure out. they got to decide, and did they roll the dice and wait until April? Or I don't know if they can. I just don't know if they can. But, I mean, you, you say two and a four for for fields, and if there's some bidding war, they're, they're going to want a first-round pick, and I'm not giving next year's first-round pick for him either because I don't know if this team's going to be good enough to where they're going to be a 500 team yet. Not true. Uh, on the Braves, I'm so excited about the Braves. I like how I, I listen to all the YouTubes of all the guys. They they want to win this thing this year. They, they're going in with um, – they, they say, we're going to get it done this year. they got to get it done this year, Bill. Well, I, I'm with you. I've listened to a lot of the YouTube videos from spring training as well. I, and, you know, I repeat again, Wade, Chris Sale. I, you know, when we have our, our show later on in March about, all right, give me, give me predictions about the Braves. My predictions, one of my predictions is going to be Chris Sale's going to be an all-star. Now, what he does in the second half, 
will determine how good the Braves may be. But, I mean, I, I could see him coming out and being absolutely unbelievably good in the first half of the season. They call it blazing. He can be blazing the first half. He could. I, I mean, because didn't he, he if you, did you listen to him? He sounded great, didn't he? Yeah, here's the deal. If he if he come out blazing, then you kind of rest him and starts in the second half, right? Well, you're careful with him for sure, depending on how he feels. I think you try to to make sure he's okay. Um, yeah, I, but I, I I mean I don't know. I don't want to be too careful with him because I'm I'm tired of pitchers having diapers put on their ass. Uh, we got to let these guys go and pitch. But yeah, I think you you just try to. As long as he feels good, you let him out there. But you're 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 wanting him to be ready in October because, I mean, wait, this guy has been unbelievably good in his career. He was good. He was great last year. He was really good last year. That's why I think with Braves, we've probably got four good starters now, Bill. I think yeah. that's the key. And if if we get uh, the the uh, Bryce in there pitching well, that'd be great too. But you know. The fifth star is kind of a skip starter, right? They skip over them. Well, times. early in the year they do. Yeah, they yeah. do early in the year especially. But, I mean, I think here here's the deal, though, Wade. If you, the way to do what you were talking about as far as taking care of Sale and the other four, I mean, look, um, Spencer throws hard. Max has had an injury history, and Charlie's your age, right? So you got to – you got to protect younger than me, but he, kind of thing. thank you. You, you, you got to protect all all of your pitchers, and the best way to do that is to have a, a a real significant fifth starter. So if if let's say Lopez wins the job, well, it, I mean whoever wins this job as the fifth starter is going to be really ha- no. Let me re- rephrase that. Whoever wins this job as the fifth starter, with the competition they're going to have between Reynaldo Lopez and Bryce Elder and Huascari Noah. And Smith Shaver and Waldrop or Dodd or whomever else may interest them as a fifth starter. It's gonna be a really good option, right? Because that's gonna be a hell of a competition in spring training in the month of March. Well, and if that pitcher what if, what if that pitcher does really well? I mean what if Lo, if Lopez gets the job and if he goes back to being a pretty decent starter like he was at the beginning of his career with, with the White Sox, I mean hell that, that that that's that's pretty awesome. Then you put Bryce Elder back in um, AAA. So well, you can, him. or you can let him be your Jesse Chavez for this year. Yeah. Right. I Come mean, because Chavez is gone, so you could you could kind of have that. Well, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, hope that happens because last year we were every time we get to the playoffs, two years in a row, we had injuries or sick or something wrong with our pitchers. Need a little bit better luck this year, and and. I know that you can't count on that necessarily, but they that some of that is bad luck and bad timing, and that's just kind of the way it is, to be honest with you. Wade, thank you. I enjoy your show, Bill. And like I said, I'm hoping the Braves win 100 games again. That'd be nice. Hey, I can't wait. I'm ready for it, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I, March 27th? Like they yeah, twenty. They're playing in Philadelphia. I know that, which is stupid. But yeah, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, something like that. Let me look I'll at be, that. Well, I'll be ready for it. I just want the Braves to go and take Philadelphia Charles three from Philadelphia. Do you need to do something to know that we're going to be a challenge for you this year than last year? March twenty eighth at three oh five, right here on the Super Stations. Can't wait. That's a Thursday. Yep. Yes, sir. One, two, three, four, five weeks from this coming Thursday. So five and a half weeks away. 38 Amen. days. 
That's right. All right, Wade, thank you. Have a great day, Bill. Bye-bye. You too. All right, take care. 478-646-ESPN is our number to call. Email NFLTradeRumors.com reporting the Vikings are unwilling to give Kirk Cousins another guaranteed contract. Well, he just had a Achilles surgery. I mean, I, Kirk Cousins has been very good the last couple of years, but, I mean, we cannot discount the fact that this guy just had, and he's going to be 36 years old, an Achilles, torn Achilles. Not that he was ever fleet of foot, but, my God, you're going to give $40 million to someone who's coming off an Achilles. Don't you have to have a pretty good guarantee that that Achilles is, I mean, you don't want it to be a Mike Soroka Achilles. you got to be careful about that, right? You, you, uh, I just don't know about giving that guy that much money that is a lot of money I, and I, and again I, I apologize for the millionth time I I just don't know which is the best answer for the Falcons quarterback is it Justin Fields is it Baker Mayfield is it Kirk Cousins is it Jaden Daniels is it Michael Penix is it a combination of the two is it and who I don't know I don't know here's some irony Adam Schefter reporting that the Rams have hired former Falcons offensive coordinator Dave Ragone as their new quarterbacks coach. He replaces Zach Robinson, who was hired to replace him in Atlanta as the offensive coordinator, who was the Rams quarterback coach. So they basically traded places. Dave Ragone goes to the Rams as the quarterback coach, and Zach Robinson replaces him in Atlanta as the offensive coordinator. Didn't really believe that Dave Ragone did a whole lot to help Desmond Ritter. He'll have an easier time of it. I mean, you're if you're if you're Matthew Stafford and hopefully Stetson Bennett's quarterback coach, that's pretty good. You got a veteran who you don't really have to coach, and then you have a young kid who, and we pray to God, Stetson will be ready to to uh, to be there in in training camp to be part of that Rams team. That would be great. We certainly hope so. Sean is in Cordell. How are you? Hey, Bill. What's going on? Good to hear from you. What's going on? Hey, not much, not much. I want to ask you an opinion on something. Okay. Trading up to fourth and, draft, and drafting Brock Bowers. Well, I'm thinking that you'd have to go to four to, to um, get above the Chargers who may draft him at five. Correct. Yeah. Well, it all depends on pits. You know, let, let's say for the heck of it, they they trade pits for for Justin Fields, which I mean, I I think you got to consider that, especially you got to think. All right, what's what 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 does the new coaching staff think about Kyle Pitts? And then would Chicago thinking they're going to have Caleb Williams if they stay at one? want someone like that to be another target for him. And would that in itself kind of help the price tag to be able to get fields if that's who you want? So if that were to happen, Sean, and then it's like, okay, can you afford to wait to see if Brock drops to eight? Well, probably not. Cause I, and I've said many times, I think, I think, I think that Jim Harbaugh would be nuts if he passed on Brock Bowers at five for Justin Herbert. Now, Weirdly, the last several mock drafts I've seen have Brock dropping a little bit, which, you know, Sean, there ain't no way in hell that kid's going to be able to 
drop if he's able to participate in any type of combine or workouts if he's healthy, right? There ain't no way. No, when he gets to the combine, he's going to show out. Yeah, if he's healthy, he's going to show out. And I don't see Pitts as a tight end. And he's, he's two years away from new contract. And he's probably going to want – the market for him may be high because of his skill set. But – so you got to think you're two years out from paying him. If you draft Brock, you're five years away. The money you're going to make from yeah. selling jerseys. Oh, my God. It would be incredible. If they were able to somehow – pulling that off it would be it would be incredible i you know i i I don't know what zach robinson's going to think i mean obviously he's he's talked the funny thing is he's talked about drake london he's talked about b john robinson he's not talked about kyle pitts to to my knowledge now i'd have to go back to see what he may have said in his individual press conference but i i know he has talked a lot about robinson and and london um but I don't think we can answer the Bowers question until we know about the Pitts question. I, I mean, would I do it? Hell yeah. I'd be interested in it in a heartbeat because I think, like most of us who saw the human being for three years, he's going to do things in the NFL that he did in college. And that, that can lift a team to a new level. I mean, he, he, I think Brock Bowers is what we have hoped Kyle Pitts would become. Is that fair? His work ethic, I think it would just evolve that – that tight end room and maybe just up and lift up the whole locker room as a whole. Well, he's something. And if he's an artist star in the NFL, uh, I mean, you know, we, we thought the same thing about David Pollock. The only thing that kept David Pollock from being a star was a neck injury. Cause I think David Pollock, after what he did at Georgia 20 years ago was destined to be a really good player in the NFL. I think he would have been, he got hurt. Nothing to do about that. But I think that's the only thing that can keep Brock Bowers from being a star is is some sort of injury. I mean, he is in uh, just a, he's on another level from what we saw. Hey, Sean, good to hear from you. Thank you. All right, Bill. All right, take care. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. One more segment for phone calls at Bill Shanks on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Back with more right after this. are open if you want to jump in area code 478 646 ESPN it's a free call remember when calls used to cost if they were expense long distance calls I got in trouble one time this is a true story I'm not making this up as a kid I got in trouble one time because my mother got the phone bill in and they were to 404 area codes and she got the phone bill, which was rather high, sat me down and said, what are these 404 area codes that you've been calling? And I kind of hem-hawed around a little bit, and then I finally had to admit, Georgia Championship Wrestling. I called to try to talk to Dusty Rhodes. I wanted to talk to him because, you know, I wanted to say, let me tell you something, Dusty. You made me think you're a big shot and everything. But I'm Bill Stanks down in Waycross, Georgia, and I am better than you because you think you're a thunder of a plumber. That's fine, but I'll still whip your ass, Dusty Road, the American dream. That's not very good. I've done better Dusty Rhodes imitations. But, yeah, I called, uh, yeah, when phone calls cost, I called Georgia Championship Wrestling. I would ask for Mr. Wrestling number two. 
Hell, I think they put them on one time. I really do. I can't remember specifically. It's been a long time. I mean, we're talking 1982, 90, 1981. And, you know, we, all of our mothers, by the way, in Waycross, of, of the Southwood boys, <clears throat> they got together and they decided to uh, not allow any of us to watch Georgia's Championship Wrestling for a period of time because everybody's furniture was being ruined. We were doing suplexes off the furniture, trying to kill each other, because every Saturday night at 6 o'clock, we were watching wrestling. We watched it three times. We watched it at noon on Sunday, on Saturday. No, no, no. We watched it. Here, here was our schedule in Waycross when it comes to wrestling now. Listen to this. Noon on Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock, Gordon Soley with Florida Championship Wrestling. That's one hour. Then for two hours, from 6 until 8 o'clock on Saturday night on WTCG slash WTBS. It was Georgia Championship Wrestling. Then for an hour and a half, Saturday night at 11.30, it was Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. And folks in Savannah, do you remember when Channel 11 WTOC played Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling? At 11.30, the hell with Saturday Night Live in the late 1970s and early 1980s. You watched Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling because you wanted to watch Ric Flair and Jimmy Superfly Snuka beat the living dog crap out of each other. And let me tell you, those people in Mid-Atlantic, they were crazier than they were in Florida or Georgia. And they would show better matches. They would show much better matches on Mid-Atlantic. So we're talking about four and a half hours of wrestling and then another hour and a half because you had a half hour on Sunday out of Jacksonville of Florida Championship Wrestling and then another hour on Sunday night from Atlanta with Georgia Championship Wrestling. You're talking about six hours every weekend in the late 70s, early 80s for wrestling. And we were 10, 11, 12 years old we literally beat the hell out of each other to where our mother said, this has got to stop. And for a while, we couldn't watch any wrestling on the weekends, which was awful. They should have been, defects should have been called in on those women. But their furniture was getting ruined. But yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a little switch. See, back in the day, uh, before, if you looked at a child funny and you got calling defects, the your parents would go out there and take a switch to your legs and get you on track. Well, I think I got a switch after that one right there, after I, I made some 404 phone calls from the 912. And they weren't free like they are now. That wasn't good. Old Charlotte didn't like the calls to Georgia. And that's exactly who I called now. I ain't kidding. I called the door. One time I did, and this was bad. One time I called, I don't know if you folks remember this now, uh, W uh, T C G Ted Turner used to, uh, she may have done this for me I may not have done this on my own but one time you could get stickers like car stickers of CNN TBS Braves Hawks and Flames and I she may have she may have paid for that seemed like she may have but I got stickers in that was the coolest thing in the world because they would go on and they would say call one eight hundred Three five seven one two one two, and we'll send you Turner Broadcasting stickers. And I, I think I've still maybe have some of those. But uh, anyway, 
Chris says there's some episodes of Georgia Championship Wrestling available on Peacock. Well, we're going to have a wrestling show. We talk about that all the time. We have had in the history of our program, which is 17 years next month, March 20, I think it's opening day, maybe the day before. I think it's March 27th will be our 17th anniversary, so right before the baseball season starts. But we have had on several occasions some wrestling shows, and we haven't had that since we've expanded our area to Blackshear, Brunswick, and Savannah. But we have had the most fun having wrestling shows and talking about old wrestling matches or wrestlers or just wrestling stories or did you go to a wrestling match or stuff like what I just told you. Oh, yeah, I called up Georgia Championship Wrestling and they actually answered. So, you know, just fun stories like that. We need to have that again because I'm telling you, you folks in Savannah, and y'all will remember this, I think. You got to. WTOC played Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. And see, we got WTOC and Waycross until a couple years ago they had it. And, man, alive. that I, I'm sure a lot of you guys my age and older will remember the, the my God. And Ricky Steamboat. Oh, my God, he and Flair. And you know what? When they uh, ESPN did that Flair documentary a couple of years ago, and they asked him, all right, who is your biggest rival? I, I finished that answer before Flair could even open his mouth. I said, Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> it ain't even close. Forget about Super Jimmy Superfly Snooker. The hell with that. Ricky Steamboat. Because those two went at it. They were great. They had all kinds of unbelievable matches on Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. So, anyway. But you folks in Savannah ought to remember that now. You ought to call me up tomorrow and talk more about if you If you remember Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling on Saturday nights, 1130 on WTOC, back in the 70s and 80s, you ought to call me tomorrow and tell me some memories. Because it was something now. We loved that. We thought that was cool. They were up there in the Carolinas, and Channel 11, played, the Big Red 11 played that. and Man, that was awesome. Those guys, because a lot of those guys that were in the Mid-Atlantic did not come to Georgia or Florida. That Blackjack Mulligan was there all the time. Remember Blackjack Mulligan? He was a big old son of a gun. And then, of course, his son was Barry Windham, I believe, right? But anyway, we'll have a wrestling show soon, because we've always had a lot of fun with wrestling shows. Skip Sato will come on with us, and, and we'll... Um, We'll have a wrestling show and talk about, we always have fun when we do that. It's always a lot of fun and, and uh, just one of those days where, you know, maybe right before baseball season, we get started with baseball, we'll have a, a wrestling show and talk about old wrestling stories. That'll be a lot of fun. All right, we got Bulldog Live coming up tonight at 8.06 tonight, except for Brunswick and Blackshear. You'll have the Bulldog Live show where Mike White takes fake tweets. You're listening to The Bill Shank Show.